Hi, I'm Sophie Marks, and you're listening to Today's Take, a radio show that encourages you to keep an open mind. I have always been interested in politics. Last year, for those who might recognize my voice, I did a radio show called Kitchen Psychology, and I loved every second of it. But being a journalism and politics student, I thought I would challenge myself a bit and get out of my comfort zone. I'm not an expert in anything concerning politics, naturally, but I am very interested in current affairs and humanitarian issues, and I do do my own research quite well, I would say. And that was how today today's take was essentially born. Today's take enables me to share the things I do know something about and look at different points of view while emphasizing that maybe there is even more to it. Politics are never, I would claim, straightforward stories. There is so much to consider. And on today's take, I will focus on one issue at a time, leaving room for new information. And if you want to keep updated on changes that I might make to some of my episodes, look, take a look at my Instagram page. It's called Today's Take. And you can see pictures that I upload on certain topics and just information that I have. In today's episode, I will be talking about some views from Omanis on Oman's monarchy, and which is also quite, I would say, applicable on different non-democratic systems around the world, or at least those that, that don't suppress every single freedom that we are entitled to. So I will look at why do Omanis prefer a monarchy over a democracy, or do they even, as well as how monarchies function in the 21st century. Last year, I spent a month in Oman, where my parents live right now. For those who don't know the country, which was me two years ago, Oman is a country of the size of Italy or Poland, positioned underneath the United Arab Emirates and on the right to Yemen, right next to the Arabian Sea. I'm just going to give some more information so you actually get an idea of the country before I delve into more political issues. So the national language is Arabic. In Oman, there is around 5 million people living there, from whom 3 millions are Omanis. The rest are expats. In this context, however, it's not just high-earning businessmen and women that are considered expats, but also those who work in Oman as maids, on oil plantations, and other low-income jobs. Oman is called the Land of Miracles by the UN, since it has only been progressing to modernity since the 1970s, when the late Sultan Qaboos came to power. Before then, there was actually no electricity anywhere in the country, very few schools and no hospitals. Even today, it remains a country little touched by humans with an almost perfectly preserved countryside. 95% of its population is Muslim, and the traditional outfits are called Abaya for women and Dishdasha for men, who also wear a round hat called a kuma. The system, which we are focusing on today, is an absolute monarchy. Before I spent time in Oman, I'd never lived in either a monarchy or an Arabic country. 
I was extremely curious to learn more about the culture, religion and habits of people and to see how or whether everything connected. And especially whether Oman, a monarchy, was actually as different from Western countries or whether they were more similar than many assume. In this sense, I thought it would make the perfect topic for today's take. I did learn a lot and have political discussions and conversations, but I am far from all-knowing, or even knowing. Nevertheless, I wanted to use this opportunity to talk about what I did learn during my interviews and general conversations with Omanis about their monarchy. So the first question I really wondered about was, do Omanis want democracy? I was on a hiking trip to a wadi. What exactly that is, I'll also post on my Instagram account. Once again, it's just called today's take. (laughs) Um, But basically, a wadi is a waterbed in nature, often surrounded by mountains, and it's absolutely gorgeous. That's all I really have to say about it. Um, And towards the end of this hiking trip, I was asked by an Omani whether I agreed with Western sentiments to force democracy upon other countries, with military action if needed, as had been done, for example, in the early 2000s by US force. I said that I did not agree with that at all. I was lucky in a sense that day to have learned about the serious consequences and reasoning for the invasions of Iraq and Afghanistan, for example. The repercussions are still felt today in Omani's attitudes towards the West, which in my opinion makes sense since the superior attitude from the West never ceased. He then went on to say that Omanis do not want democracy, which honestly really triggered like my whole topic from today. Naturally, I don't want to generalize that statement that Omanis do not want democracy. However, all the Omanis I did talk to agreed, at least to an extent. They all agreed that a democracy, according to Western, to the Western modem, was not only not desired by them, but not possible in their society. A quote from a council member I talked to was, Arab Spring was like a wave, and it was done with the US, and really it did not suit that modem for us. Nobody is against reforms, But to be forced these reforms and radical moves without these reforms is unacceptable. Tunisia, for example, is boiling. There is no stability until now. Tunisia, Libya, Iraq, Syria, Yemen, they're all not monarchies. Do you see the difference? So far, I have discovered two different factors that contribute to not wanting a democracy in Oman, And I think they're really important to consider. The first one has a lot to do with religious and cultural prejudice, and honestly, straight-up racism. Due to Western forces predominating economically for the past centuries, and now also the media, a sort of holier-than-thou attitude seems to have been adopted from the West. Especially in media, I have found that Western culture is seen as the norm, the right way of doing things, and everything else seems to just be different, inferior, or odd. And I'm keeping these words nicely. 
Of course, this comes from a Western media point of view, which I too predominantly consume, but I think the point is still pretty clear and out there. Even terms such as Middle East, I was told, are a constant reminder of the West claiming authority over the rest of the world. I mean, from which geographical standpoint are Arabic countries the Middle East? From the West. This superiority complex discredits different systems that have developed naturally in different places over the world and different societies that have been established. So I can understand why a copy-paste modem of politics, especially since it has been tried to be forced on these countries, is unwanted. Another quote says, You can't force a modem of democracy, not from west to east, and especially not from one country to another. It should come from the people themselves. The second and maybe more important factor of not wanting a democracy is the difference in society that I've kind of hinted at before. Western democracies are based on parties and ideologies. Usually, we vote for the ideology that represents our beliefs the best. In Oman, I was told that concepts like that are not generally practiced. Mainly, they also have one ideology. A quote says, Politics that way would become a power struggle, and if the right balance isn't found, groups will be marginalized. So something beautiful about Oman, I was told, is that many people do not see in its neighboring countries is the unity of Oman. There is only one main religion, but there are different sects. In Oman, all these sects are allowed to pray in the same places. In other countries, it is more usual to see that one mosque is for one specific sect only. This, of course, creates a certain segregation. Intermarriages are also more problematic and sometimes even forbidden. It is not like that in Oman, and that is due to the late Sultan Qaboos enforcing religious equality and something the new Sultan and Omanis are continuing. A woman I talked to said, So something that is actually very scary to imagine is that if we had a democracy, perhaps division would be more obvious. When the Arab Spring swept through Arabic countries, often two sects each tried to secure power for themselves. Especially the media, I was told, can sometimes easily play a role in making it look as if two sects or two countries or two regions have an issue between them, even though there is nothing substantial going on. It is nothing more than a false narrative. But as all of us who are well-versed in the power social media can hold, when we are surrounded by a certain narrative, fake or real long enough, it is far too easy to actually believe it. So one of the main benefits of Oman's monarchy is that it creates a unity. People of all religions, cultures or even financial backgrounds are united under the Sultan. So now let's explain explore a bit further what the benefits of the monarchy are, according to Omanis. One quote says, In Oman, we are very delighted with our system, 
we don't feel that we're suppressed or that our human rights are bad. Another benefit of the monarchy Omanis I talked to mentioned was the stability, security and safety the monarchy provides. Some even said that these are things we do not usually see in Western democracies. I can't say whether this is absolutely accurate, but when we look even at Ireland and the housing crisis, financial struggles almost everyone experiences and job insecurity, there is definitely a lack of stability and security for many. Only the other day I read a new study published by children's charity Barnardo's saying that three in four parents had to cut back on providing their children with essential needs such as food, heating, clothing and social activities in the past six months due to the increasing prices for everything. What I want to get is that I don't mean to say that Oman is better or worse in their living standards than any other country in any other system. All I mean to say is that I know a lot of people in Europe wouldn't immediately say that they feel that their country is providing them with with the stability they deserve. People want to live a decent life, bring up their families and live in peace, was another quote I was giving during my interviews. It is not an unfamiliar concept of people being unhappy with their governments. In my opinion, it is a global experience that goes beyond political system, parties, or even the current economic climate. Yet the stability provided in Oman was mentioned throughout all of my interviews. People become unhappy when the economy is struggling, and one of the most visible signs of that is unemployment. In Oman, the unemployment rate in 2022 was at 2.3%. It was also mentioned that in vulnerable economic climates, often external forces take advantage of the situation and advocate to change the monarchy or other existing undemocratic systems. In the Arabic world, for example, this has happened multiple times and we can see the results and feel the consequences until today. In Syria and Libya, for example, the system revolts did not work and in the end corruption and outside influences, predominantly from the West, took over. With these modern and relevant examples, I can understand the hesitation to make any radical changes in Oman. Yet another quite important topic I have not yet touched on is on freedoms within the system. So now I'm returning to the question, can you express yourself freely in Oman? And if so, to what extent and what does that freedom look like? The council member I talked to went as far as considering Oman a democratic country in a sense, since they are able to criticize what is going on in the country, even if that is only to an extent. Officially, Oman has limited free speech. In my interviews, I learned what that exactly means. I was told Omanis know the topics they should not talk about. However, as we all know from our own lives, especially due to social media, it is becoming increasingly difficult to hold people responsible for what they are saying and to censor free speech. 
One woman I talked to said that with certain issues it is very clear-cut and what not to say. Some topics, on the other hand, you technically can talk about, but you never know whether you would be held accountable or not. She moves on to say that free speech is progressing. 10, 15 years ago, you could get caught for saying anything. Now, this is not the case anymore. A big part in this change has been social media as well. Because you can't control free speech, essentially. Nevertheless, a primary topic you can't talk about in a bad way is the royal family. From my conversations, however, I've understood that this is not just because you can't criticize them, but also because of the factor of respect. In Oman, I was told, you can give your opinion about the things that are going on in the country as long as it's in a respectful way. You don't insult anyone, and you look at controversies in a reasonable way. So, considering all of these points, what could change or would change look like for Oman's political future? So, what were people's opinions regarding change? One of the most important things I was told was that Oman is constantly changing. They are progressing, but it is at their own pace. They coined it as being typically Omani. What is important to them is that they are being allowed by the international community to do things their own way and to see what type of change works for them without discrimination and scrutiny. They don't want to imitate Western nations. Especially with the changes happening since the new sultan came to power a few years ago and the cabinets and ministries being altered, many can envision parliament playing an even bigger role in politics. One person went even as far as suggesting that Oman could become a constitutional monarchy at some point in the future. My most interesting, but also most complicated or difficult exchanges um, were about homosexuality and the question whether a woman could become sultan. When it came to the LGBTQ plus community in general, I actually did not intend to bring it up. I knew that it was one of the taboo topics, and since it didn't have anything directly to do with my original question of monarchy versus democracy, I didn't see the need. Not that I wasn't intrigued. I was, believe me. In fact, during my conversation with the parliament member, he himself brought it up. At first, I was completely taken aback, and all I could really think of was that my face could not show my own emotions regarding the topic. He said that everyone could do what they wanted in their own homes, but that the West should not force them to legalize anything. I don't want to make this too much about my own opinions, and as I am a part of the community myself, essentially forbidding our existence is of course not at all okay for me. But what I told in general rings true. Change needs to come from within the system. I believe that if we want to overcome West versus East discrimination, we need to stop playing international police. It is important to stand by our beliefs, especially in regard to the LGBTQ plus community, 
because people cannot be harassed or scrutinized for being themselves. But it is important to encourage conversation instead of playing police because the change cannot be forced. It needs to come from within and from the people in the LGBTQ plus community in the other countries. All we can do, I think, is encourage conversation and show support, no matter how frustrating that is. When it comes to equality, I think the easiest way to establish complete equality between people is when a woman would be allowed to become sultan. At least that was my easy way thinking. <laughs> right now, being sultan is passed on from the firstborn son or to the closest male relative. An Omani council member told me that right now many people still would not want a woman to rule them. He said that many would not feel comfortable with that. In schools, boys and girls are treated the same, he told me. Of course, some fam families are still discriminating against their own daughters, but that is supposed to be the minority, and something we, truth be told, can also still see in Western and democratic families. Politically, too, equality is progressing. Women can now become ministers, and his own niece, for example, is the Minister of Education in Oman. But why not, he told me. With a chuckle, maybe in the future a woman could become sultan. Interestingly enough, the fact that a woman cannot become sultan in Oman has nothing to do with religion, since in other Muslim countries, women can become prime minister. According to him, it is more the culture than religion, but why exactly it is the way it is, he couldn't explain to me either. Looking at a whole system and all the facets and layers that come with it are out of my and most people's ability, but I do hope that these insights were of interest to you so you can draw your own conclusions and do your own research where you would want to know more. And that was it for today with my first episode of Today's Take. I hope you guys enjoyed it and will tune in next week for the next one. I hope you have a great day. Bye.